small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well lived, being small-minded. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Small Minded Podcast, the podcast that celebrates small towns, small businesses, and the people who love it. On the podcast, we are going to address one of my most frequently asked questions. How do I start my own small business? I can't even tell you the number of times I've had a DM on Instagram or somebody shoot me a personal message over on my Facebook page or just strike up conversation at the local tavern. And they ask, hey, now, how exactly did you get Molly Knuth Media started? If you didn't know, Molly Knuth Media is my small business that got started back in 2016. So we're going to do a little flashback here, and then we'll dive into the real nitty-gritty of what you're here for. In 2016, I was a stay-at-home mom. My fourth baby had just been born. I had a newborn, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-year-old. And my husband was a farmer, so there are seasons in his occupation that are slower and he's home more. But this was the fall where it was time to harvest soybeans, corn, and he was working a lot of 16-hour days while I was home with the kids. Not only was he working hard to provide for us, but I was sometimes substitute teaching because my degree is in high school English education. When I would substitute teach, it would be a great way for me to like get out of the house, use my degree, share my love of spreading knowledge and reading and lifelong learning with kids. But it also led to me needing daycare for four children when they weren't in school school if they didn't have a day of preschool. And it also led for me to have to really prepare to be gone from the house for the day. If you're a mom or a dad of little ones, you know all of the thought and preparation it takes to just get out of the house. It was harder and harder as our family grew to be able to make ends meet with just substitute teaching occasionally. So what I had done in earlier 2016 was start working for a local business that actually had family ties. What I did was help them with some random office work. So if they needed help with their open house event, I took care of the planning and the organizing and the implementation of that event. Uh, maybe they needed help with invoicing or setting up uh, templates for their systems and documentation. So I could do that for them. And that was really helpful because I could do a lot of that from home. All I needed was my laptop, a reliable internet connection, and a way to get in touch with the guys at that shop. And that was easy enough because I could just pop in here and there when I could. What I also ended up doing with this business was taking a chance on a newer marketing strategy in our area called Facebook Pages. Now, in 2016, this wasn't a new concept by any means, but it did take a little bit to make its way to Cascade, Iowa and become a legitimate marketing method for small town, small businesses. So with this business in particular, we used Facebook pages as a contact touch point. So it was a place online where they could have their address, their phone number, their email address. And then we also used it as a portfolio displaying their products, their array of services, finished projects. And that way, people who were scrolling through their 
Facebook feed could land on a photo of a beautiful finished project. They were in the home construction industry. They could see a beautiful finished home or a finished building, then want to click into and learn more about the business. And that's how we use Facebook pages. That business connection led to another business connection in late 2016. And in early 2017, I found another business that needed my help and another business. And really my small business, Molly Knuth Media, got started just by word of mouth referral based advertising in my local community. Now, if you are aware of small town, small businesses, you know that a lot of times the owners and operators of these entities are wearing all the hats. They may have help with implementing their actual services or producing their products, but a lot of the day-to-day administration tasks are done by the owners in our town anyway. So these business owners were handling their marketing. They were also in charge of the HR and making sure that all the paperwork was done for their employees if they had them. They were in charge of payroll, bookkeeping, just scheduling and taking calls from potential clients. And then the actual work itself, whether that was installing electrical fixtures in homes or grading up a yard of a new building foundation or getting in and custom manure pumping for the local farmer. Yes, that was one of my clients. So these business owners needed help. They needed a way that they could outsource some aspect of their business. And for me, I didn't at the beginning see exactly what I was helping them with when I said, hey, I'll take over your Facebook page or yeah, I can freshen up your website. What I was doing was taking a weight off their shoulder. I was relieving some stress of just the day-to-day operations of their business because before this advent of social media marketing that came to our town, business owners were relying on the local newspaper or the person from the Yellow Pages who stopped in once a year asking if they wanted a new ad. I think that a lot of times they were just going with the option that looked the best on paper. And a lot of these traditional marketing methods didn't offer up data and return of information to let them know if this was a solid investment of their resources and finances or not. So I don't fault anyone for taking on traditional marketing methods. There are still a lot of ways that this works well in small communities, but I am so excited to see small businesses getting on social media and having a little more control and handle on their marketing. Let's come back full circle. So at the beginning of my business, I was just doing the work that helped other businesses do their work. So I was kind of saying yes to a lot of projects, learning along the way if I didn't know exactly how to embed a video on a website or something to that effect. And over the years, what I was able to do was serve a lot of small businesses, help them serve their customers and clients, and build a reputation as someone who can really step up and provide assistance to small business owners who need it so much. When I look back and think about which phases of my business startup and growth were most productive and what I can share with you as advice if you're thinking about starting your own business are going to boil down to just a few pointers that sometimes deal with investing in services or products, but a lot of times it's going to 
involve your mindset? How are you looking at this business opportunity? How are you thinking about structuring it? That's going to be different than what you may hear from a lot of other industry experts and leaders. But as I said in the very early episodes of this podcast, we at Small Minded are focusing on how we can best serve our small towns and our people who live in them. And that's going to be different than when you are advertising to a national audience or trying to get in front of people in a wider area or radius. So stay tuned. We are going to dive in in just a couple seconds. But first, I want to tell you about this exciting opportunity from one of our first sponsors here at Small Minded. This week's sponsor is Molly Knuth Media. Head over to mollyknuthmedia.com to find an array of assets for your small town, small business to get started or to grow on your digital platforms. Whether it's having someone take care of all of your social media content design and planning and scheduling for you, or if you're just looking for a one-hour workshop to help you design better in Canva, mollyknuthmedia.com can help. Offering done for you, done with you, and done by you services, in addition to some free weekly videos that can help you amp up your social strategy and get in front of more people. Head to mollyknuthmedia.com or at mollyknuthmedia on Facebook and Instagram for more. My first piece of advice when considering starting a small business in a small town is gathering the courage to just do it. When I was starting Molly Knuth Media, I was working quietly behind the scenes, just doing my thing for small businesses for probably four or five months before I actually took the step to get an LLC, set up a website, and start advertising my own self. And then even after I took those steps, it still took me a little bit when people would stop me at the grocery store and they'd be like, hey, are you going back to teaching anytime soon? Or what are you doing these days? I would just say, oh, I help businesses here and there with their Facebook. And I wasn't super confident when I would speak about my own business. What I would really advise you to do is before you even get out there and put yourself out on the line, really gather the courage and confidence to share what it is that you're doing. If you are confident in the skills you have in the product or the service that you can deliver for your people, then others will take note of that confidence and they will feel empowered to do business with you. This has nothing to do with tactics. This has nothing to do with step-by-steps. Here's your LLC. Here's your lawyer. Here's your how you set up a website. This is simply you getting real with yourself, talking to the powers that be and your support system, if it's friends, family, whoever, get a couple of those people who are going to be your cheerleaders who believe in you too and tell them about your idea. Tell them what you want to do, run some ideas past them and just gain confidence in what it is that you have to offer. So that's my first piece of advice. The next step to beginning your small town, small business is branding yourself. If you followed me at Molly Knuth Media for any length of time, You know this, but if you're new here, I'm going to go through it again. Branding is not only the logo that your small business is going to have, but it's going to be all the things that encapsulate that logo in addition to how you want your audience to feel when they interact with your brand. Let's break this down simply into the visual branding aspects and the verbal branding aspects. So let's start with the visual brand. First, you're going to want to work with a designer who could set up a logo for you. I really recommend working with 
a graphic designer on this and it can be someone within your budget on sites like Fiverr or you can work with local graphic designer you know but you just have to work within your means of your budget for your business. I highly recommend working with a designer for a couple of reasons. First, they can take all of your ideas and your goals. They are educated in how to turn that into an image that people will remember. They know how to use graphic design principles as well as color and typography to communicate emotions and messages in a small little design. Secondly, if you use a homemade graphic design software like Canva, which I love, but I highly recommend not using Canva for your logo design because on Canva, the templates there are used by people all over the place. They aren't going to render you all of the file formats that you need and that a graphic designer will give you up front. So you probably, when you have a logo, are going to need a .jpeg, a .png, a .png with a transparent background, a .pdf. You may even need vector files or illustrator files, and a graphic designer can give all of that to you in a handy-dandy little package. In addition, your graphic designer can give you something called your brand style guide. So on a one-page piece of paper, they'll give you your logo in addition to the specific fonts you use, in addition to the specific colors that they used in this branding identity. And they may even give you a secondary sub logo so that you don't have to use your full logo everywhere. So think about if you follow Molly Knuth Media, I have my full logo, which is MKM on top. It's got a little rectangle around it and it says Molly Knuth Media in small font on the bottom. But then my sub mark is just the script MKM and I can use that anywhere. I don't want to have that big logo. A graphic designer can help you with all of this. I highly recommend getting that logo done with someone you can trust who is a professional. Visual branding goes beyond your logo though. Visual branding is being consistent with your colors, your fonts, and how you show up everywhere. This is especially important on social media. So you want your Instagram feed to look cohesive. You want your Facebook to be representative of you. But this also translates into any printed materials like your business cards or your letterhead or your email signature or your color of tote bag that you use when you show up to meetings. So I want you to really embody your brand. Think about the colors that speak to you. Think about how those colors convey emotion to your audience and use them smartly and in an informed fashion that communicate the messages that you want them to. For example, if you are a professional service business, colors like black are going to communicate strength, solidarity, dependability. Or maybe you want blue that communicates calming, peace, or green where it's natural and healthy. If you're a professional business, colors like off-the-wall 90s blue, pink, and yellow all mixed together, not really communicating professional-level services of a lawyer. You got me? You want to have colors that represent what you want them to represent. And if you are totally new to the concept of color psychology, just Google color psychology and you will have an array of information to dive into. Same thing with font. There is definitely a font psychology. Whether you pick script fonts or serif or sans serif is going to communicate very different emotions and first impression of your brand. But all of those things go into your visual branding. You want to make 
make sure that it is very representative of the goals of your business. Now, the second part of branding is your verbal branding. And this is how you communicate with your audience. So if, again, let's take that example of a lawyer in a small town. It depends on who your audience is. If you are trying to appeal to the masses in your small town and you want to come off as a lawyer who knows what they're talking about, who is very trustworthy and solid, you're going to want to speak in a manner that is free of errors. Like you don't want to have a whole bunch of typos in your social media posts. You're going to want to speak in a manner that is professional and upfront. You don't want to be using slang or jargon in your emails. But on the converse side, if you're kind of flipping the script on being a small town lawyer and you want to appeal to a younger demographic, maybe you do want to use bright colors and you want to speak in a way that you speak to friends. So you have to be conscious of what is your intention? What is your goal? And how do I share that with others and help them understand what it's like to work with me. So what I do for Molly Knuth Media is I really want to be casual and approachable. So when I write my social media posts or my blogs, for example, I try to begin each post or blog with a casual question or uh, some kind of terminology or vocabulary choice that really reflects the way I want people to see me. So maybe it's using a shortened word, maybe not being as formal with my grammar or my spelling. But then when I get into the nitty gritty nuts and bolts, step-by-step actionable tips that you guys need to have, I make sure that those are free of errors, that they are very easy to understand. I'm not using complicated vocabulary. I'm using very casual words and grammar choices that you guys and everybody out there can understand and put into practice right away. I also share a lot of anecdotes and stories that are sometimes self-deprecating just to show that I'm a real person and I am not some polished pretty little Instagram influencer. I am definitely the definition of a mom of four who is trying to just keep it all together while running a business, you know? So you have to know that the verbal branding of your business is equally as important as the visuals. People are going to see the visuals first, get that first impression. They're going to come to the verbal part, which is going to be in your website copy, your email correspondence, your printed information on a pamphlet or a brochure. And they're going to use that as the next piece to understand Understanding your business and ultimately determining if they're going to work with you or not. So you're going to take time to really frame out what do I want my brand to communicate? How do I do that visually in my colors, my logo, and my type choices? And how do I do that verbally? How am I going to speak to my audience? What am I going to share? What's the most important things to know about me in order to get them to do business with me? So that's the second step taking time to really think about your branding. All right, step three of four for starting your small business. Make sure that what you're offering is something that people want and need in their own life. A lot of times we think we have this world-changing idea or concept, and it's exactly what we think everybody out there wants too. But newsflash, (laughs) what's important to us isn't always important to other people. For example, the second year of my business, I ran a summer workshop series that met in person in my small town tavern in the back room that was set up for having these kind of gatherings. And I had it all laid out for four weeks. We would meet once weekly at night on a weeknight so that people who had their own small businesses could learn a little bit more about how to use social media strategically and properly and then implement it themselves. I thought it was a great concept. I had a clever little title. 
I had a catchy tagline for it. I had it at a price point that I thought was reasonable. But guess what? I didn't have a lot of people sign up. And there are a lot of factors that could have figured into that. A, that it's summer and weeknights in the summer are really busy. B, maybe it wasn't something that should have been stretched over a period of four weeks if I would have tightened up the schedule that could have impacted it. Or maybe it was something that people wanted to do virtually instead of meeting in person and including all that commute time and things like that. What I should have done was discuss this with a few people first, trying to gauge whether it was a need, whether it was something that small business owners who are my target audience valued as a course that they would really find return on in their own investments. And what I think we all do too is we apply that in various areas of our business. We come up with a new product or we launch into this new shiny object without really evaluating if it's something people are going to want to see from us. So if you're considering a small town, small business startup, I would recommend talking to people in your ideal audience and seeing if it is in fact something they value. So this could be done through person-to-person conversations. This could be done in a survey, whether you complete like a Google form and then you just send it out through email. You could put it out on social media, but you want to really think about who it is you're trying to appeal to, who your offerings can most help, and then talk to those kind of people. I know, for example, there's business seminar or you can get a certificate or something from the University of Iowa and it's like a business hub. It's all about taking these ideas that people have for small businesses and measuring if they're going to be successful or not. It includes doing a lot of this kind of interview work, measurement and making sure that it is a service or a product that people want to see. I'm not saying you need to go as far as registering for this course. I'm not going as far as saying you need to have a hundred people that you talk to, but I am saying you need to do some digging before you decide to invest your time, effort, and finances into a small business, you need to make sure that it is a valid idea that has some legs, all right? So do the due diligence of measuring and researching if this business has a good shot of being successful in your area with your target audience. Other things you could do at this stage of the game are looking at other people in your industry who have done something like this, especially since we are in small towns. There may be people in other states or somewhere in our own region even that are doing something similar to what we want to do. Most of my experiences with small business owners have been that they are very willing to discuss how they got their start and what they would advise if they were to start all over again and provide a leg up for people who are looking to get their own business going. Find those people who are doing what you're doing and reach out to them. Shoot them an email, send them a DM, ask them if they're willing to just chat with you because you want to start your own business. And I would be super upfront with your goals here and say, hey, I have this idea. I see what you're doing. I think that it would be great in my own small town. And I was just wondering if you could give me a couple pointers on how I could get started with something similar to what you're doing. And I would say eight times out of 10, the person you contact will be totally willing to share their expertise and their experiences with you. Reach out. That's step three. Reach out to people who you think would be good customers or clients going forward. Measure whether your ideas are something they actually need. And also reach out to people who are in the industry that you're in or thinking about going into and see what they would advise for you. Maybe they can recommend things you hadn't thought of before and give you a little bit more speed or boost of confidence that this is something you can really be successful with. All right. We have made it to my last piece of advice for someone starting a small town, small business. 
jump in and create your social feeds. (laughs) It can't come as a surprise that someone who is a small town, small business, social media strategist recommends getting a start on your social media. Whether you are a service provider or an actual product-based business, having a way for people to share your products and services with their friends and family is essential to getting your business off the ground. So here's a few different ways this can look. I want to break it down for you and give you some really actionable ideas so you can get started today. Let's start with product-based businesses. What I would highly recommend for product-based businesses is getting out there and setting up a website because a website is your owned space on the internet. So head over to Squarespace, show it, or WordPress. I would recommend Squarespace or show it. Get your domain purchased and that is your little piece of real estate to do with as you please. You can build a really small, simple website for your product-based business that just essentially shares what your product is and ways they can get in touch with you to order. Or you can build out a whole online store and you can set up a Shopify page where it processes orders and does all of your payments and it can help you print your shipping labels and all of the extra things. So First step for product-based businesses is get a website. Second for product-based businesses, I would highly recommend a Facebook and Instagram page. I know that the influencers and industry experts out there are all about Instagram these days, but behind Instagram is Facebook. Facebook owns Instagram and Facebook is where the power lies to run things like Facebook and Instagram ads and to really get some insights that matter for your business. You'll be able to see who's following your page, what times they are most active online, and you can use that information to set up ads to target your ideal audience. So rather than just being on Instagram, I would set up accounts on both. And what you'll find is that you may have different types of followers at each social platform. For example, for my Molly Knuth Media page on Facebook, I have a lot of local followers, people in my immediate probably 45 mile radius. And that's really going to be a lot of who follows me there. Men and women ages 25, 26 ish, all the way up to 65 plus. Over on Instagram for Molly Knuth Media, I have a different demographic. That over there is a lot of people who are nationwide beyond my local radius. That's also going to be a lot heavier following of women than men. And you'll notice if you are checking your insights regularly that some of those trends will start to appear after you have consistently posted content. That way you can make informed decisions on what kind of content to share going forward and how exactly you're going to put strategy together to make your social media work for you. So there you go. Product-based businesses. You need a website and then you need Facebook and Instagram to help you share the information and products that you sell for your ideal audience. Now let's talk about service providers. So whether you are a business-to-business service provider like my Molly Knuth Media business or whether you're an electrician or a plumber or some other aspect of service where you're selling something you do, what I'm going to recommend for you is also, number one, set up a website, but your website's going to be framed a little bit differently than a product-based business. So for your website as a service-based business, you're going to just want something simple like Squarespace where you can basically provide 
provide a brochure for people who are using the internet to find you and learn a little bit more about you. Your website is going to look like a homepage, an about page that tells a little bit about how your business got started and maybe a little about you and your team members. You're going to want to have a page that lays out your services and packages so people can get an idea of how you can help them live their lives better or run their businesses more efficiently. And then you're going to want to make sure you have a contact page so they have a clear way to find your storefront, email you, call you, or send you a message from one spot. Obviously, your website can have more than this, but I would say those are the basics for a service-based business in a small town. Then, if you are thinking about going into the area of social media, I would highly recommend, again, Facebook because it's got a lot of power behind it as far as getting demographic details for your audience. But I would also venture into maybe YouTube because YouTube is a great place for people to learn about you, to interact with you before you are even on their property or in their home to work for them. You can share educational information in short little tidbits. They can be 30 seconds to maybe four minutes in length, just providing little tips that you can give out for free, but also demonstrates the expertise you have in your area and gives your audience a sense that you know what you're talking about, you are trustworthy, and they should hire you today. So Facebook, YouTube, you can do Instagram too. I think Instagram's a great way to get out there. It's a very fun, creative platform. But for those in small towns that are looking for a limited social media presence, definitely Facebook, maybe even consider some YouTube action. Get out there, put out there on social media and on your website what it is you offer and how you help the people in your ideal audience. Now, I do get a lot of feedback from people and questions that say, if I'm a small town, small business owner, and I have word of mouth, and I'm just working in this limited area, why do I even need an online presence? And that's a valid question. But I am going to share with you that maybe we're not planning for today. We're planning for future, okay? Think about how many times you've reached for the phone book in the last two years. Now think about how many times you've seen a teenager reach for a phone book in the last two years. Okay, now think about how many times you've seen somebody Google something in the last two days. Our search habits are going digital. If you want to be found and you want people to be able to see what it is you do, you need to go digital too. It doesn't have to be complicated or fancy. You can start very simply. And if you don't have time to implement this, there are a ton of resources, maybe in your local area, maybe not. Maybe you need to go to places like Fiverr or on LinkedIn and you can find people a little bit further out, but that have the expertise to build these websites and social media platforms for you. But you need to be thinking digital. So I hope that helps. What you're going to use this social media and digital space for is to help drive word of mouth and get awareness for your products and services. And then you can start getting business. That's what I recommend. Those are my four things you need to get started to begin a small business in a small town. So there you have it. My quick and easy... I'm laughing because it's neither quick nor easy, but the steps anyway that are most important for starting a small business in a small town. A lot of it has to do with you and building up the confidence in yourself that you can do this. You have the skill and the ability to make it real. 
then you need to go out and talk to people about what it is you want to do, making sure that it is valid and needed in the spaces that you think it will most impact and benefit others. Then you also need to consider your branding and how you're going to look and speak with your ideal audience. And then you actually start marketing what it is that you sell. So setting up a website and the social feeds to get word out and get people talking about you and your new business. If you have questions about any of this, please refer to Molly Knuth Media on Facebook. We have an extensive video library for you to consult at multiple stages of this process of building and growing a small business, ranging in topics from social media, how-tos, to just business mindset, and all the things in between. So check there or send us a message over at mollyknuthmedia.com and we will respond as quickly as possible. And if you have ideas or questions about what would make another great episode of the Small Minded Podcast, we'd love to hear those too. So Be sure to get in touch with us. We have open lines of communication, and I would love to really make this space here at Small Minded crafted around the needs and desires of small town, small business owners, and the people who love them. So thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to see what you're doing with your small businesses and hear about your success stories going forward. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll be back next Tuesday with more. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded.